Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Jordan Dale, System CMIO and Hospitalist at Houston Methodist. Jordan, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's some fascinating things happening at Houston Methodist and really a, a great opportunity right now in the healthcare space to implement some really cool technologies. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely, Laura. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer by training uh, that went into medicine because I still have a passion for patient care. And, um, you know, when I was going through medical school, it's when all the EHR implementations um, started. So it kind of uh, struck me at, at the right time. And I was able to use some of my engineering background and uh, tech familiarness, uh, you know, to impact patient care on a broader scale. Um, so I've helped support clinical technology across health systems for the past 15 years. Um, and really passionate about it, about how it empowers our care teams uh, and our patients uh, when it relates to their care. That's a really uh, great background and in, in experiences to have. And I can imagine in the last 15 years, the technology and adoption, quite frankly, has, has really changed and evolved. Yeah, I would say the technology has certainly evolved. I would say of my job, I think of uh, informatics kind of in the way that a lot of people in informatics do. It's about people, process, and technology. I'd say the technology piece has gotten a lot easier. Um, the people and process is still an opportunity for us to, you know, collaborate, you know, and people, I think we still need to skill a lot of our clinicians uh, around what clinical informatics is and how they can use informatics and value that and how they deliver patient care and, and work with IT and other stakeholders. And then there's still a lot of processes that are being transformed across healthcare, right? And some of those involve new or novel technology, but a lot of them are just applying the existing technology in novel ways and something that we do a lot at Houston Methodist as well. Absolutely. That's great to hear. It makes a lot of sense. Now, what are some of the big opportunities that you're seeing, especially at that intersection of clinical care and technology? Could you tell me a little bit more about what you're doing at Houston Methodist and then the headwinds that you have your eye on too? Yeah, sure. I mean, some of the things that I think we learned through the pandemic and just how out of the um, nature and speed of, of transformation at that time that we were successful was, was really focused around virtualization. Um, so, you know, telehealth is part of that, but really virtualizing a lot of experiences using virtual nursing, using other virtual services that can really be called into uh, physical spaces um, has really helped us in a lot of meaningful ways. Um, and then centralizing some of those services or processes as well. Um, and so on, on the virtual nursing end, um, we're very successful kind of building off of our virtual ICU platform that we uh, grew during the pandemic and, and realizing the benefits of having somebody that was focused on a few tasks, was really skilled at those tasks, but was kind of in a central location where they could, you know, do that task across a broader uh, care area or domain. So the, our virtual nurses really focus on admission and discharge workflow um, that can be, you know, kind of disruptive for a bedside nurse, um, you know, when they're getting an admission discharge, but also need to take care of their patients that are, are still, you know, in the hospital. So we were able to offload that task to our virtual nursing team 
Um, and I think both on the nursing side and the patient side, the experience was wonderful. Um, you know, there's some hesitancy at the beginning because it was a change and, you know, bedside nurses have been doing that task for forever, right? Um, but it's really been eye-opening to us about how we can find a focused nurse on a focused task. Uh, we get some time benefits, so we've reduced some of those uh, tasks that were taking 40 minutes because a uh, nurse may be disrupted or not be focused on the task because uh, they're getting asked other questions or across their other patients uh, down to 13 minutes. Um, and so we can really deliver that focused uh, and critical part in the care transition for a patient um, in a more high quality way with that uh, technology. And that really wasn't any novel technology. I think we had a lot of that technology that we're using in other ways. We just thought of a different process and a transformation about how we're centralizing those services uh, that's really been impactful. So we've looked at a lot of services across our care domains that we could virtualize and centralize. Um, and the centralization, right, helps focus, like I mentioned, but also standardize uh, some of that approach. And so, you know, things like telesitting, uh, could we virtualize, you know, some pharmacy um, interventions across our hospitals and, you know, actively looking at ways that we could apply this in our ambulatory setting as well, um, have started doing some work with centralizing refills and other kind of administrative tasks, right, that are difficult to really um, gain efficiency when you decentralize them uh, like they have been for, for so long. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it is fascinating to, to see how um, some of the ways where, like you said, you can really apply the technologies to um, have more of a virtual nursing program or virtualized pharmacy that, um, you know, really create the time efficiencies and are effective. And I appreciate you touching on the culture element too, because I think, you know, that aspect of making a change really is uh, sometimes more challenging than bringing on the technology and getting it all work right is just to assure that team members that it'll be great and even potentially have those time savings or they'll like it better the new way, but it can certainly be scary, I'm sure, for some folks who are used to doing something one way for a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's been, you know, it, it took a lot of partnership and um, guidance from, you know, various stakeholders, uh, showcases with nursing and other, you know, operational leaders to make them com comfortable with that transformation. Uh, but like I said, now we've shown the benefit. Everybody's, it's a win-win scenario. And now kind of the sky's the limit because we've broke into that that culture shift just with this one uh, approach. And so it's helped us think about things that, you know, moving forward. And uh, one of the things that we're dedicated to at, at Houston Methodist is, is ambient intelligence um, across a lot of our care domains. So that's the other area where we might, uh, or we are actively using uh, things like computer vision within our inpatient rooms to track and monitor things that, uh, again, were burdensome to our staff. Um, so again, we had to really address uh, concerns from a lot of different stakeholders, because I think when you're putting a camera in the room, that they're gonna be you know, viewed at all times, but it's really, you know, I, I focus and I use that term computer vision intentionally, because it really is that, right? It's, it's looking and identifying a person or a patient um, it doesn't actually show, you know, full video or anything like that so that we can use it in a way to track processes to alarm patients that may be exiting beds or high risk for falling. Um, and so that really gives us a, a different layer of uh, intelligence that we otherwise wouldn't get unless we break through that kind of comfort barrier uh, that some other clinical teams have. 
That's such a great point. And definitely, you know, awesome that you've been able to do that and really work with the team to gain their trust and, and get some of the ball rolling on some of these things. Now, I know it, it's definitely a lot happening, a lot of new technologies, a lot of uh, new capabilities coming through. How do you think about growth uh, from your perspective as CMIO and adding value to the organization overall? What do you do to really make sure that the investments that you're making are, are uh, measurable and having impact at large? Yeah, we have a very, I'd say through our center of innovation, very structured group where we look at, um, you know, technology in very focused areas at a smaller scale with with very specific, you know, ROI targets and KPIs. And But once those are achieved, um, we scale that very rapidly. So I think that's just our engagement and support and the trust that we built. Um, I know, you know, we consider ourselves a, an innovation organization, right? 30,000 employees, everybody's focused on innovation, even though there might be a core set that's really driving the things that we prioritize. Um, so we can engage and get that trust quickly if we're showing early results. We also have the ability to, you know, fail fast and, and pivot uh, through that kind of focus group and evaluation. Um, so I think in terms of, you know, growing and, and making sure that we're meeting the, the needs of our health system strategy and value to our patients, um, that's really helped us to do those early checks. And then those early, you know, KPIs or uh, kind of targets that we're looking at are all really based on is this still going to give us the same results at scale. Um, we really try to discourage things in, in kind of silos or in very you know, specific niche areas because uh, we want to provide that benefit to all of our patients or all of our clinicians. We know it has value. So that's always a guiding principle when we start looking at uh, new technology or process transformation. Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I love the methodical way that you really go about some of those um, areas in, in implementing the new technology and really thinking through how it makes sense for the organization at large. Now, I know at this time in particular, um, there <laughs> resources overall, but especially in healthcare are precious, whether it's time or financial investments. So what do you see as being one thing that is still very important to do this year, whether it's a risk or investment or something that is worth doing on the innovation side or otherwise um, that can really make a difference for patients or staff and team members? Yeah, I think reducing, you know, workforce burden, um, you know, before was, was something that was good to do to reduce burnout and retention. Now it's essential. So I think we, we look at all of this technology of how it's going to reduce workforce workforce burden or help us scale, um, you know, an outcome or achievement that we can make that really before was, was tied to a, you know, uh, a user and we could only get that benefit by scaling, uh, you know, the workforce. We're really looking at things that can provide, you know, extension of our workforce uh, more rapidly or reduce that burden. I think we're, we're also very focused on still preserving that empathetic piece of healthcare that um, really technology should help support. Um, so we definitely are not looking at things to you know, replace those types of experiences. Um, that's why the transformation from the culture shift around virtual nursing and helping nursing understand the benefit has been really impactful. You know, they trust the virtual nurse to do their task, but actually the bedside nurse gets more time to have more meaningful conversations with you know, the patient because, again, like I said, they're spending 40 minutes on this task that now somebody's doing you know, for them and it's taking a shorter amount of time. Uh, so we're really bringing back some of that more meaningful interaction while we're looking at the technology. So I would certainly recommend, you know, it's those practice transformation things that you can use technology to drive, but really encouraging your, your clinicians to kind of buy into 
to breaking the status quo. So you can reduce that burden, uh, redesign the work, and, and really make sure that everybody's winning out of that experience. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And definitely, it seems like a great place to focus the energies and tensions uh, that, that you have. And I'm sure things that are coming across your desk on a daily basis. I wanted to look into the future just for a minute before we wrap up our conversation here. What do you see as some of the best opportunities for growth over the next year or two? I know healthcare changes quickly and the technology sector even faster. So uh, from your perspective, where do you really see some of the big opportunities and spaces where you are uh, focused on and investing in to um, put yourself in a great spot for the next couple of years? Yeah, outside of the things that I've already mentioned that will continue to scale and kind of those concepts, I mean, I, th I think it's a very hot topic right now across technology, uh, but certainly in healthcare as well, is just the concept and, and the leaps that generative AI has taken over the last you know, six months, I would say. Um, and I have, a, I have a little bit of a different angle. I think a lot of people focus on how it can do content creation uh, because that's how you know most of the tools have been set up is kind of a chat interaction that creates some content. For me, you know, the, the struggle of a um, clinical informatics or health IT has always been the amount of data that we create as clinicians, you know, a lot of it's not normalized um, or um, set up appropriately so that we can actually unlock the potential for that for future uses. Um, and I actually think that's one of the main uh, ways that we can really unlock that data by applying generative AI that can, you know, drift across, um, you know, data requirements to understand things in a much more uh, seamless or more human way than how we've been able to apply things like natural language processing in the past. So one example that we're looking at and actively have uh, across a few of our sites is ways that you can get to know your patients as you're taking over their care in the hospital a little bit more quickly as a physician or a nurse. You know, I'm, I'm actually still a practicing hospitalist, so I do inpatient care. When I take over, you know, 20 patients, uh, give or take a few, you know, it's a tedious job of reviewing a lot of notes and finding the critical, you know, values. And if I miss something, it could impact how I deliver care even if I was you know, trying to do my best. Um, and so we've actually applied some generative AI technology that will help generate a patient summary for me to kind of tee up the key past medical history, current problems, you know, current uh, medications they're receiving, what consultants are following. And before, some of those data elements were really difficult to find because they were not discrete. Um, and this technology allows us to leverage that. The other benefit of that is we can use things like that that are summarized in the charts or encounters, and we can actually use large language models and translate that to different uh, levels of comprehension uh, across the, the healthcare you know, experience. So you could translate that to a different clinical role, uh, let's say maybe one that's more pertinent to a physical therapist. You could translate that to a patient or their family members, you know, reading comprehension or, or you know, their uh, preferred language very quickly. And, you know, I think that's one of those examples where Everybody wants to do that as a clinician and provide that experience, but we're we're not actually um, able to, you know, do that, um, you know, on the fly um, as well as maybe some of these technologies could do for our patients. So I think it's a great way that we'll be able to better better serve our patients with this technology, but also unlock some of that you know, massive amounts of data um, that, in some areas, has been locked away in our systems uh, to really explain and get to know our patients and understand how we take care of them better. That's so fascinating to hear and definitely seems like a world where healthcare is a lot more seamless and potentially uh, better outcomes and, and um, certainly something that is more enjoyable, although, you know, it can 
still will have stressors, some stressors for sure, but um, definitely seems like there is a lot we can do in order to really improve that patient and caregiver experience. So that's awesome to hear. Absolutely. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun conversation and we're excited to have you join us as well at the um, Health IT Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event in October. I think it's going to be just a really fantastic uh, time there at the meeting and lots of these themes will come up into the sessions and the discussions with you as well. So looking forward to seeing you in person there. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.